chapter two. Discovering intelligent life on other planets was a fluke. The odd sequence of non-events began when the esteemed astrophysicist Dr. Brittlenob was made the emperor of the alien search committee. The problem with his appointment to the position was that Dr. Brittlenob didn't even believe in the existence of aliens, and he wasn't terribly interested in proving himself wrong. So rather than doing an honest search, his team spent the government money on parties where they got right cabbaged and talked shit about each other's wives. In order to keep the money rolling in, the team had to produce explanatory documents called report cards, which meant creating some sort of appearance of doing something. So they built a shoddy probe that was only capable of reporting the absence of life. There were a few skeptics who didn't think his approach was honest or particularly scientific, but he came up with the devious tactic of accusing anyone who questioned his methods of being a science denier and then he went on to throw a public temper tantrum. As a result, the discovery of otherworldly life was not our own doing, despite the ease at which we could have done it if not for our top minds. Rather, they found us. The first attempt of the Chetonians to invade Earth was a colossal failure, like ShamWow, or the career of the guy in those infomercials. It wasn't about conquering the planet or anything like that, it was because they were huge fans of Earth from the moment they saw the groundbreaking film called The Horror Seasons, available now on Amazon. They liked it so much that they decided to travel across the universe to meet the star of the movie, a human called Greg. To us few people, Chetonians all pretty much look alike green, roundish, and frequently irritable. But to them, Freddy the Captain was considered muscular, manly, and tanned, while Teddy the Pilot was dumb. The ship's engineer, Angus, was mostly known for being a space nerd. Aboard their ovular white spaceship, they were getting excited as they left their home spaceport. As though making up for Freddy's overly masculine build, his voice was anything but, with a gentle timber that was as soft as rice pudding and a mild, endearing lisp. So, this man... This Greg was the brains behind this film? He asked his crew despite already knowing the answer. It was either him or the director, replied Angus. The bonus features on the DVD were a little unclear on that. Freddy nodded with approval, as much as a tennis ball-shaped being is capable of nodding. We must find this visionary man. He is clearly the greatest artistic genius on the universe. Are you sure this is a good idea, Freddy? Teddy asked with childlike skepticism. It comes from really, really far away. We will go as far as it takes us to learn of his ways, Freddy said authoritatively. How far away is it, by the way? Angus looked at the Pangalactic Positioning System, PPS. The transmission came from 30 million light years away. Freddy did calculations in his head. According to my populations, in order to get to his planet before he dies, we have to travel approximately 400 million light years per hour. Punch it in, Teddy. Punching it. The ship made great time and entered Earth discreetly. Of course, back in the 20th century, the Earth wasn't monitoring space traffic, which made entering Earth's mesosphere almost as easy as booking a day off work to protest something you didn't care about until five minutes ago when the media started making a fuss about it. The ship cruised through the atmosphere towards the surface, which took precision navigation to dodge all the emissions and climate change. Nearing the surface, they made a beeline, or more accurately, a killer hornet line, for a place called British Columbia, which is neither in Britain or Columbia. Once there, they slowly approached the house they believed to be the home of the Greg. Nice work, Tedland, Freddy said encouragingly. We made great time. I know! 
I was paying attention to what the narrator said. Now, can you fuck off? I'm trying to contemplate the complexity of being here. You're supposed to be paying attention to flying this frog-damned ship. Now you tell me. Then he gave Freddy the intergalactic middle finger while keeping his eyes locked on the control panel. He expertly maneuvered the ship towards the backyard of the modest home, then ever so quietly dropped the ship down to the surface, thoroughly demolishing the swing set. Really, Teddy? Did you have to do that? No, but you're welcome. According to our coordinates, this domicile is where the one Greg lives, Angus said while pointing at the decrepit house. Excellent. Lock onto his DNA so that we can finally pay our respects and maybe even get a space selfie with him. Teddy messed around with a really cool-looking meter, but became frustrated as it appeared to be outsmarting him. Fred, you alien detector 5000, you're making me frustrated! What's the matter? I can't figure out how to use this piece of interstellar shit. Well, keep your voice down. Remember that we're the aliens on this planet. Angus snatched the meter away from Teddy. You don't have it powered on, Teddy. Angus turned the device on and had a look at the screen, which showed them exactly which direction to go in order to find the one Greg. This way, scouts. Right, added Teddy. And remember, lads, whatever you do, don't fuck up. Shut up, Tedward. You shut up, Fred Defile. Angus led them off the ship, towards and then subsequently inside the house. Once they got in, they crept up the stairs, moving as quietly as inhumanly possible. As soon as the aliens got to the top of the stairs, they saw an otherworldly light coming from under the bedroom door. Oh yeah, that feels good. Earth sex is highly enjoyable, came the muffled voice of a human male from behind bedroom door number one. In truth, that might not be exactly what he said, but it's how the space lad remembered it and recorded it in their log. Teddy whispered creepily into Freddy's ear. Should we let him finish before barging in for an automograph? That alien who's intercoitusing must be the Greg's roommate. The meter says the Greg is in that other room, Angus told them while motioning to a second bedroom door. The trio quietly headed towards the second room, and much like the fellow in the other room, the aliens came inside. The walls of the Greg's bedroom were papered with old sci-fi movie posters and dried up boogers. The shelf above his bed had several sci-fi and fantasy books stacked up, although the Greg had a hard time differentiating between science fiction and fantasy, which is perhaps why his favorite book among the bunch was a genre-bending epic, Fools in Space. The Chetonian friend suddenly stood at attention in unison, completely shocked to see a boy no older than ten asleep in the bed. What the space fuck? Freddy said with annoyance, he's just a kid. Angus picked up a conveniently located newspaper and read the date. October 15th, 1985. We must have traveled too fast and got here years before he even made the movie, explained Angus, then slowly turned to glare at Teddy. Nice work, Teddy, Freddy encouragingly scolded his employee. It's not my fault, Teddy griped. Do you have any idea how tricky it is to factor in the space-time continuum shit while confoculating all the buttons and knobs and dials and things in a spaceship? No, I don't, Freddy replied flatly. That's why I'm not the pilot. It didn't help that you were texting while space driving. I told you I was looking at the map. You're a better pilot than a liar, Teddy. I'm a rubber and you're poo. Really? Gay jokes at a time like this? Yeah, Teddy. Besides, you don't usually say that in response to a compliment. Speak for yourself. So now what? What can we do? All we can do is go back home and try again. 
Hopefully this time Aspirin gets it right. Or you could just fire Aspirin and get another pilot willing to work for intergalactic minimum wage. Could you guys keep it down, please? Nangus shouted in a whisper. Why? There's no point in sneaking around anymore. Nangus was dumbfounded by the magnitude of Teddy's dumbishness. Of course there is. Earthlings won't be politically correct enough to deal with aliens for at least another ten years or so. Point partaken. These idiots probably don't even realize their planet is flat yet. What are you talking about? You piloted us here, Teddy. You know the Earth isn't flat. I'm gonna have to side with Teddy on this one, Freddy lovingly said in disagreement to Angus's disagreement of Teddy's agreement. Angus looked from Teddy to Freddy bewildered. You guys are fucked. Both of you completely fucked. To settle the disagreement, Teddy kicked Angus in the crotch, which for this species of beings more closely approximates what we think of as a sphincter. As Angus collapsed to the floor in a hilarious ball, Teddy victoriously threw his arms into the air. I win! Greg's father, who isn't important enough to the story for me to give him a name, came out of the other bedroom while pulling up his underwear. What's all that fucking noise? Sorry, that was me. The father flicked the light switch, which created a closed circuit that took the entirely indirect route from the switch on the wall down to the basement fuse box, out of the house through a power line to a transformer which was holding the stored electricity, delivered from a plant across town. The current returned to the house through the fuse panel up into the boy's bedroom, through the switch up into the ceiling, and illuminated the overhead light. The moment the father first saw the three alien fellas, he nearly browned his tidy whiteies. Holy shit! He kept his eyes on the boys while shouting out the door. I told you they'd do this, woman! We've been invaded by the Jews! What the hell is a jube? Teddy asked his crewmates in a whisper to avoid looking dumb. Is that when these creatures ripen into a nicer shade than that pasty white color? The father then grabbed the Fisher-Price shotgun that was perched on his son's wall above the plaque that read, My First Firearm, then pointed it at them. You foreign assholes are gonna pay for spoiling the mood after my wife finally agreed to go anal! Nice! Teddy held up his hand wanting a high five, but instead was met with a bullet whizzing past his face and blowing a hole in the wall. Let's get the intergalactic fuck out of here! The aliens politely pushed past the Greg's father so they could run away for dear space life, while the father loaded up another shotgun shell. Get out of here, you fucking Muslims! With a lunatic in hot pursuit, the aliens raced out of the house like a kid racing to wipe his ass. Only they did it without smearing as much shit. Said lunatic fired off a quick round, the narrowly missed Angus but blew a hole in the boom operator of the documentary crew that was filming the whole thing. Sprinting out of the house with arms flailing, Freddy's crew boarded their rocket ship and blasted the hell off, leaving Earth just in the nickel of dime. For a seemingly fit guy, Freddy took quite a while to catch his breath. It's almost as if he barely did any cardio at all. That was close. Think you can get the coordinates right this time, Tedger? You dildo? Curiously, Teddy took offense to this comment. I'm not a dildo, Freddy. I'm a Shetonian. But I'll tell you something. That Earth guy was pretty cool. From now on, I'm identifying as a Juman. They're called humans. Yeah, that. Actually, they've changed it, Angus pointed out. Because human is sexist, so now they call it Hugh Person. That sounds fucking stupid. 
No way I'm calling myself that. I'm sticking the human. Do you actually think about things or do you just say them? Mm, bit of both. Why? Because you can't identify as a different species while insisting to use an outdated pronoun. Almost as soon as the words left Angus's mouth, he gave his head a shake. What the hell am I talking about? You can't identify as a human, Teddy. You're fucking green and round. So? So you can't just decide you're a completely different species. I can if I redefine the word species to mean whatever species I feel like I'm belonging to, stupid ass. Teddy said with an arrogant grin. And best of all, then I can accuse you of being a bigot, simply for using the traditional meaning of the word. Think of how much better than you that'll make me look. He might be stupid as shit, but he articulates it well. Freddy admitted. Even if that sort of wordplay was an intellectually honest approach, you can't use the term you're trying to redefine within the definition. It makes no sense. That would be like defining a utensil as something that's a type of utensil. Utensils can call themselves whatever they want. I don't care because I'm not a judgmentally retarded busybody. Teddy pompously stated. Mm. Except, of course, where it relates to religional beliefs. Freddy, are we just supposed to go along with this idiot talking to utensils and insisting that we consider him to be an entirely different life form? I can't afford a lawsuit, Angus, so I don't see what choice we have. Anyway, we'll deal with his species identity crisis later. Teddy, can you please send us home? How dare you! What the hell did I do wrong? You friggin' deadnade me! Consider yourself sued, pal! I don't know what that is. Teddy is my Chetonian name. You have to call me by my earthling name now. Which is what? I haven't decided yet. Probably Raoul or something. Well, if you don't know your name, what sort of chance do I have? Such ignorance. Exactly what part of what I said was ignorant? How should I know? Listen, Teddy. Not Teddy. Freddy began. Can you please send us back home without overshooting our own timeline? The last time that happened, I bumped into my former self and got stuck in an interminable conversation with myself. I gotta say, he was one insufferable know-it-all. Unlike the present you. What did you say, Angus? Nothing. Sometimes it's better to say nothing than to say nothing. And I don't take well to sass. You'd better watch yourself, Angus, or I'm going to threaten you. <laughs> Threats. Well, that unripe earthling was right. Maybe you ought to identify as, what was it he called it again? A Muslimoid? Freddy and Angus simultaneously gasped at Teddy for going there. And without another bigoted word, they went back home so they could come back to Earth and invade at a more appropriate, but far less convenient time.